Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing Plus and Minus Episode 6 of the Taiwanese Beale Drama Series. This episode was a quite shocking episode. Yeah, I'm sitting there going, yeah, it, it was, it was, it was, yeah. But anyway, it opens with Shili and Jin Yuzin discussing how they want to get a divorce because being married is different than dating and people communicate less and start domineering over one another and it's just annoying. So they want to get divorced so they don't have to deal with this anymore. I found this like, I was just going, boys, boys, boys. And I don't know why, but I, I still have the feeling, I feel like Sheely's mom should pop into the show in this episode and look at Sheely and just go, just apologize. Because I'm going, you know, I totally get genius and might have done something equally as annoying, but I'm going, Sheely, just get off your high horse and make this work. I'm like, seriously, do you want to have Jin Yuzin have a life where he sits there and goes, everybody leaves him? I mean, it just, yeah, I, I, yeah, okay. I will retract the clause of judgment, but I'm just saying it was, it was really hard for on this first, this first uh, part of this episode. Cause sitting there going, Jin already gone through this once before. He doesn't need to be going through this hell again. No matter what's going on between the two, I'm sure they can work this out over a cup. And if they can't, they really should be able to. Anyway, I don't know the, my great great grandmother seems to just pop up sometimes at weird intervals and. I become the older Nuna. It just is annoying, but true. And it's like, sometimes I don't even want to be the older Nuna. I sit there and go, why do I have to be the Nuna? Why do people... Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but back to this episode. So we have Sheely and Jin Yuzin wanting to get a divorce. We then segue over to that evening. Zen, Zan and... Fu are at Fu's apartment. I'm still not sure if they are roommates or if they just live nearby one another. But anyway, um, Fu goes in to take a shower. And as he's going in to take a shower, he just finished having a little joke time with Zan because, Zin because Jing was sh scratching a part of Fu's back he couldn't get because his arm is in a cast. And Fu was saying, oh, a little this way, a little this way, a little this way. Zin finally looks at him and goes, you know, I'm willing to help you, but I am not your servant, so do not boss me around. We have that whole who's dominating who thing again. Okay, I didn't I didn't even think about that, but yeah. So anyway, Fu's just sitting there starting to laugh because he's like, I'm I'm going to tease him a little bit. But then he goes into the, to take a shower, and he comes back out because he, he sees Zan's clothes all over the bathroom on the rack he's like please just take your clothes he's like we've we've had this conversation before first the laundromat now here so anyway he comes out and sees zan holding our jing 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 i keep forgetting how to say his name but anyway holding the other keychain and he zin is looking at the keychain going this has been here he had this for 10 years what what's up with this and the thing I think is interesting is 
I kind of have to agree with there's a person who left a review. I think it was on Vicky Rukatan, but they said, you know, the fact that we're supposed to believe that Zinn is shocked and appalled that Fru likes him is kind of zany given the fact that Zinn seems to like Fu. So it would seem a natural progression in their relationship since whenever Zinn gets a little tipsy, he's always passionately embracing Fu. He's like, no, 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 no. But anyway, Fu comes over and says, well, the man at the, um, said that these were blessed and that if two people had the keychain, they would be forever together as long as they had their keychain. But I didn't, I bought one keychain and the next day he said some weirdo had bought the next one. And I guess you were the weirdo. And then he looks at Zan and says, do you believe in, in fate? And then he kisses him and I'm going, I can't, I can't believe he just did that. I really can't believe Fru did that because Fru was such an insular person. The idea of him actually taking that step forward, I was going, oh my, oh my, poor Fru. I want to go over and give him a head pat and a cuppa. But anyway, Zen just kind of steps back and goes, brothers, we thought alike. You, you got me the keychain. I got you the keychain. You should have given this to me years ago, but you're such a good brother. Da, 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 da. And Fru is sitting there going, what have I done? I have messed this entire thing up. I have created disaster and mayhem and things will never be able to go back in the universe the way they were. And I've lost my friend of 20 plus years because I decided to act like I've been wanting to for years and haven't. So Zan leaves and Fu goes to his room and he's just kind of curled up with his knees up to his chest sitting there going, I have absolutely ruined everything. It is going to be an utter disaster. And you know, I think that everyone has moments like Fu has. Not not that everyone randomly kisses people. No, no, not saying that at all. But I'm just saying there are moments in our lives when we sit there and go, I have massively screwed this up. And the honest to goodness truth is, is a lot of times by the next morning, you can sit there if you are able to step outside yourself and look at it and go, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I wasn't the one that screwed this up. Maybe I was the one that screwed this up. But whatever happened, it is not the life-altering cataclysmic event I thought it would be. And it will be okay. And this is what we'll do next. But Fru, that night, is sitting there going, oh my goodness, I have completely messed this up. Zan, on the other hand, is sitting there going, I had no idea that he has liked me for 10 years. As he's holding that keychain going, what do I do with this information? And so you can see both of them are kind of having this torment of this whole moment, I would say. But anyway, I think the interesting thing about it is we don't have any discussion on Zing sitting there going, he's a guy, I'm a guy. Oh no, we have this discussion sitting there going, What's going to happen to our friendship if, if things continue as they change? What will happen? I think that's the, the interesting thing I find about Plus and Minus because there is no question about gender wars or anything like that. And there's no questions of like Zing sitting there going, he's a guy, I can't be with a guy. Or Fu sitting there going, he's a guy, I can't be with a guy. That's not even discussed. What's discussed is the pressing question of can people be good friends and can their friendship develop into something more sometimes 
yes, sometimes uh, not so much. Just kind of depends. But I think the at the same time as they're having their moment of the soul, as you will, um, Mr. Lai is in his laundromat talking to Ling Ling via video chat. And he's talking to her about her studies because she's tired and her teacher gave her too much homework. And there are some boys at school that are just a mess. And Mr. Lai says, well, you do a good job on your schoolwork. I will take you out for dessert. And Lele says, I don't want to go for dessert. I want to go out for fun. You said you would take me out for fun, Dad. You did. You said if I did well on my schoolwork, you would take me out and have fun with me. And Mr. Lay sits there and goes, can you, can you ask your mom to take you out for fun? I will take you out for dessert. And she says, no, you promised you would take me out for fun, Dad. Well, Mr. Yuki is in the background folding clothes and quietly putting things away. So I'm going, he's still staying at the laundromat. This is interesting. But anyway, he comes over right behind Mr. Lai and he goes, hi, Lele. And Lele's like, hi, big brother Yuki, how are you doing? I want dad to take me out somewhere fun. And Yuki sits there and goes, well, Lele, where do you want to go? And she says, I want to go camping and see the stars. And Yuki says, well, Lele, if you get 100% on your next test at school, we will go camping at the, look at the stars. And Mr. Lay's in there going, I, I didn't, I didn't agree to this. And Yuki's here and Lele's here. And how is this all going to go over? Is this going to be okay? You can see he's sitting there going, danger, 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 warning sign, warning sign, warning sign. What am I going to do here? So anyway, Yuki sits there and goes, I pinky promise you, Lele, we'll go camping if you get 100%. And she says, okay, see you later, Yuki. See you later, Dad. And she says, are you working for my dad, Yuki? And he says, I am now working for your dad, um, Lele. Yes, I, I work here now. And so anyway, Mr. Lai and her and Lele get off the phone. And he turns to Yuki and says, I'm sorry, kids are that way. They want to go out and have fun, you know, that kind of thing. And he notices Yuki isn't looking up with him. He, looking up at him, he's just messing around with his phone. He's like, oh, Yuki's bored. He's not listening to what I'm saying. And so he turns back to the computer, and Yuki looks up and goes, I booked it. And Mr. Lai goes, you booked, you booked it? He says, I booked the camping trip. We're going next week. See, it's on my phone here. And Mr. Lai's like, we, we don't know if she got 100%. We're, we're, we're going camping next week. And Yuki's like, yes, we're going camping next week. If she doesn't get 100%, she's going to need encouragement. If she does get 100%, we're going camping. Either way, we are going camping, Lai. And so Mr. Lai's there, and he goes, if we do this, if you do this, it will spoil her. And Yuki's going, well, I want to spoil her, and I also want to spoil you. I like you. I like your family. We're going camping. And so... Mr. Lai doesn't know what to do with this, and so he kind of gets up and goes into the other room real fast. Well, the next morning, Yuki wakes up at the laundromat, and he wakes up early because Mr. Lai comes in and he turns off the phone so Yuki can sleep some more, but Yuki gets up and he goes, and he says, Yuki, you don't need to get up early. There's, there's no reason for you to get up early. And he says, don't, don't you need to go home? Don't you, don't you need to go somewhere else like aren't people missing you because you're staying here at the laundromat and he's like Yuki says 
I, I'm lost. And Mr. Bly goes, mm-hmm, you're, you're lost, I see. And he says, no, I'm lost. I, I'm, my heart is here. And he points to um, Mr. Light's um, chest. And Mr. Light does not know what to do with this. So he sits there and he's kind of like, I, I don't know how to respond to this. And Yuki goes, I like what Yuki does here, though, because I'm like, you know, the way that Yuki approaches people is something that I admire. I do not admire everything about Yuki because I'm sitting there going, their relationship should not have started out the way it did. But still, I think the thing that I really do like about Yuki is kind of encapsulating the scene because he, he takes Mr. Lai's hands and he goes, it's okay. You don't have to say what I'm saying now. You can tell me when you're ready, whether your heart has found a spot in mine or not, basically. But you don't have to say it now. It's okay. And Mr. Lai's like, it, it might take me a while to process this. And Yuki goes, that's all right. We don't have to rush this. So anyway, by the end of the, that day... Fu and Zan have finished up work at the office. It has been very quiet between them and their dual office that they've shared for years. And Fu gets ready to leave. And Zan goes, where are you going? And he goes, I'm going to the clinic. And Zan goes, well, you just were at the clinic. He goes, well, I want to make sure this break heals and I can take care of this myself. And as he leaves, Zan looks at him and goes, why do you like me? Why does she want me? And... Fu doesn't even answer. He just leaves. I would like to point out that this is one reason Honor really likes BL dramas. Because they actually have usually the one character asking the other, Why do you like me? Which I think is a good question. I mean, with rom-coms, nobody really seems to answer, ask these questions. They just sit there and go, I like them. And I'm like, well, there has to be a reason you like them. Is it their character? Is it their looks? Is it their brain? What is it that makes you like them? Anyway, I digress. But still, I think that's one of the things I find interesting about this series is when push comes to shove, Zon wants to know why. I think that's the main thing. He's like, why would Fu like me? Fu could like someone who's way smarter, way nicer, way cleverer. And he likes somebody who he knows way too well, which should make him not want to like me. So anyway, that is how this episode kind of closes. I think it's an interesting episode. I was sitting there going, I can't believe that, you know, Fu actually admitted he liked Zan to Zan. But anyway, he did. At the end of the day, though, um, Zan goes to the pub and he's talking with Nikita and goes, I just had somebody who is an acquaintance of mine tell me they liked me. What, what would you do if this happened to you? And Nikita goes, well... Number one, I've never had anyone who I liked, who was an acquaintance, tell me they liked me, and I've never told them they liked me, so I'm really not the person you should ask. But she said, is it truly gone? <laughs> he looks up and goes, like, basically, how, how, how did you know? And before that, he said, you know, she said, why is this, why is this different for you, Zana? Why is this bothering you right now? And he said, well, I felt like I had gained something and I had irretrievably lost something in the same moment when my friend told me this. He said, and I felt a very comfortable warmth about this idea, but 
I just don't know because I feel like I've lost something in the middle of it all. And the kid goes, well, is it truly gone? And he's like, um, um, and she says, you know, you have this give and take with relationships. You have the potential for great gain and you have the undeniable admission that you could have great loss. And she said, you know, the main thing is, is, you know, what are you going to do with that, basically? And I think it's interesting that in the next scene, which is in episode seven, she sits there and goes, the main thing to ask yourself is what is going to be your response? Not necessarily what that person feels or what you're going to do, but what is going to be your response? Because your response is going to determine the future of this relationship. And so she's like, are you going to be sincere about this? Because if you're not sincere with your emotions, it's going to be hard to be in that relationship. I think like one of the things I find interesting is, again, I really am not into dating. It's not really my thing. I'm not against it. It's just, it's such a, yeah, convoluted thing. But anyway, the thing I think is strange about people when they become couples is a lot of times they either are couples who can tell each other everything or they are couples who don't tell each other anything. And I sit there and go, you know, at the end of the day, I think being able to communicate well is way more important than passion or romance or intrigue or any of that. Because I think that the main thing is if people can trust one another, if they can tell each other exactly what they're thinking when they're thinking it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you will have a situation that would be perfect. Because I think there are some drawbacks to saying exactly what you're thinking when you're thinking it sometimes. Sometimes you need to process that through your brain before you say it out loud. But I'm just saying, I had an acquaintance recently and they were talking about their relationship issues. And they were like, you know, I really can't, talk about this with my partner and I'm like well why can't you talk about this with your partner to me that would be the first thing you should do if you're having any kind of confusion in the relationship because I'm going sitting there and not admitting this issue will probably cause more problems down the road and it's already eroding your trust in the person and probably because they're on the other end trying to figure out what you're thinking their trust on your side. So I said, you know, I don't know what you're going to do in the end, so-and-so, but I'm going, if you can't tell them when you're having trouble, if you sit there and try to keep this to yourself or keep your doubts or your wonderings or your, you know, unsurety to yourself, that's just going to fester and boil up until maybe you have a big blow up. And it's not really even about that situation. It's about the fact that you didn't talk to them about X, Y, or Z four months ago. So I'm like, you know, I don't know, but I would say that's a really big thing to deal with because I think when we quit communicating with one another is when we really start to lose one another. It's not that communication is going to solve all our problems. But I think that oftentimes it will allow people to be more able to see the other person's side if they can talk to one another easily. So yeah, I don't know. 
And I was sitting there going, why? Why do I have to be the one to talk to this person about their relationship? I think I'm like, please, let's talk about the weather. The weather. The weather has been interesting. We have had thunderstorms lately. What do you think about the weather? I'm like, yeah, weather. Weather, 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 weather or not. Okay. But that is my review of Plus and Minus Episode 6 of the Taiwanese BL drama series. You should totally check this out. Episode 7 was massively good. I mean, it was so good. I stayed up till 2 a.m. watching it like two and a half times in a row. And I've watched it another three times this week. Not to be mildly obsessive or anything, but it was really superlative peeps. I mean, really, it was a really cool episode. So anyway, I would definitely check this out. It's on Vicky Rukatan if you want to. And it is free of charge. Although if you do pay for the premium membership, you get rid of all those unsightly ads. I'm just saying. I'm not getting paid to promote Vicky Rukatan. I'm simply saying it's nice to be rid of the ads. Check it at the round table. Bye. Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing how you can connect with us on social media and also how you can support us. We are reachable at this lovely podcast on various platforms. We also have several YouTube channels, The Hand Network, Check It Round Table, and also the Asian Drama Club. I will drop the links in the description so you can check those out. You can also reach us online at our website. That's onacar.com. That's O-N-N-A-C-A-R-R.com. You can support us through either PayPal or Venmo. Our PayPal email address is roses, R-O-S-E-S, out of the snow, O-U-T-O-F-S-N-O-W at gmail.com. And you can support us also on Venmo. The, the connection for that is at on a car, and that's uppercase O and uppercase C, and it's O-N-N-A-C-A-R-R. The last four to verify are 1143. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye.